0: This is the Voice Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Post Pitch, a bi-weekly podcast that dives a little deeper into an article published in this week's print issue of The Georgetown Voice. Today I am interviewing our leisure writer, Cole Kindiger, to learn more about his article about the band Twisted Pine. Please enjoy. Hi, Cole. How are you today? Hi
0: Julian. I'm uh, really excited
1: great that's that's awesome well i think we can jump right in um for those of you who haven't read cole's article yet the piece is centered on a bluegrass band named twisted pine um and i just have to ask how did you end up at this like frozen concert hall that you describe and have you been a fan of twisted pine for a while
0: no no so okay so (laughs) normally how i like go about finding um like events to write about is I will just like scour the internet for like an hour every Sunday. And the DCist has this like very nice like newsletter that is just like bi weekly things to do this week or weekend. And I just like happened to find this like free American Roots concert series that was put on by the Hill Center in the East in Eastern Market. And I love bluegrass, folk, country music. I think it's like part of being like growing up in Texas. I've just mm-hmm. been like brainwashed from a very young age to sort of just <laughs> love that kind of music. So I look up the event that's, like, scheduled to play that week, and I find this, like, sort of bluegrass band. Mm. Um, they, Like, they were. Like, they had all the intr- instruments that would, like, mm-hmm. make a bluegrass band, but they were, they were weird. Like, I'd never heard anything like them before. And for, like, the three days from when I discovered them to when I went to their show, I was just, like, consuming nothing but Twisted mm-hmm. Pine because they were just, like, so interesting and so, like, against... All of the ways that I like normally would think about bluegrass
1: mm-hmm. yeah no and I feel like in the in the article you do make a point of emphasizing that Twisted Pine has a multi-genre style yeah um, but you know even they from time to time adopt a bluegrass title and you know I started this podcast by calling them a bluegrass band um, but can you talk about the impact of this like blend of genres on the audience that you know you were a part of
0: yeah yeah for sure so Um, it's really interesting because even as I say, there are all of these other things, they're still at their core, like really devoted to the sort of like ethos of bluegrass, Mm -hmm. right? The sort of, um, what I would probably think of like the heart of bluegrass being sort of like the sort of like free freedom, the sort of like freewheeling, um, like fun that is just sort of at the heart of the music. Like it's very much a genre that you should be listening to outdoors with all of your friends, Mm -hmm. like dancing and they like channeled that but then they sort of like do that in a way that like most bluegrass bands like would never even think to do it so like there's a really great moment in the interview that i wish i could have gotten into the final piece that was basically they all were telling me that there is this one specific acoustic prince demo um that like was the single like biggest inspiration to their whole band which is like like crazy like I've never heard of any band being like yes this specific thing is like like the like the biggest influence (laughs) to us um and it was just it's just Prince um singing I feel for you um which is like a like sort of a, a deep cut honestly and just sort of him with an acoustic guitar just tapping his boot and it's just his voice the guitar and just that like tap over and over again and um Chris the bassist was just talking about like the way that you feel the sort of like funk and the like the the rhythm it makes you want to dance even though it's so different from almost everything else this sort of like heavily produced um not acoustic um sort of style that Prince normally goes through and it's just sort of the idea being that like you can you can get to um a similar place as like Prince using completely different instruments and you can sort of tap into the sort of best parts of other genres while, while still being sort of um loyal to like the sort of heart of bluegrass mm-hmm. um and i think that's something that the audience felt the entire time like the whole way through like the other thing that i thought was really great um part of the, so like part of the reason that they're multi-genre is just because they like come from such like different um places mm-hmm. sort of like in their own musical like careers and they just sort of like let everyone in the band play what they want to play yeah. um, And then the other part of that is they just, like, all love all kinds of different music. So, like, I mentioned in the piece that they, like, played a bunch of bluegrass covers, which is true. um, Which sort of comes from, like, their, like, foundational love of, like, the bluegrass canon or whatever. But also, they played a ton of, like, they, like, they played the Rolling Stones.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, Which no one (laughs) would have ever expected that they'd play the Rolling Stones. And then, like, um, the singer, Kathleen did this like stuttering move that was like very much like, like peak, um, like seventies, mm-hmm. like rock. Mm-hmm. It was like very like prog rock thing. And it was just sort of like completely different than like anything anyone any anything anyone would have expected. And the Bluegrass concert, but it worked. And they end the show with Bob Marley's Could You Be Loved. Mm-hmm. And none of these songs sound anything like what their originals were, but they still like tap into what made them special. And I think that was a lot of the reason um, why they worked as a Mm -hmm.
1: band yeah no those are those are awesome points and i mean you pointed to like multiple elements of the show and like very specific moments was there anything that seemed to impact you more than like other moments and i i don't know i'm specifically thinking about like when i go to a concert and like those moments where i get like shivers yeah um i don't know if you ever if you like had any of those yeah
0: so okay something that's like very so The, like, experience of watching Twisted Pine was, like, very much like the experience of watching, like, a jazz concert. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, they have their songs, and they know what they're going to play, but there is always some space somewhere in every single song where someone will just pull off this crazy solo Mm -hmm. that you know for a fact they have never done it in that exact same way ever, like, ever before. Um, And almost all, like, every single time, like, I just go, good lord. How do, they, how do they do that? And that's that's the other thing. Like I, like, I wish that I would have emphasized a little bit more is that each one of the um, members of Twisted Pine like individually is just unbelievably talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it's sort of like, they sort of feed into each other in this like beautiful, like harmonic way that sort of just sort of like creates this one like cohesive thing. Um, but then one of them will go off on their own, you know, on the bridge of a song to do mm-hmm. their solo. And you'll just be reminded that like, yeah. oh my gosh. And then the other thing, <laughs> Um, was just how they related to the audience. That was um, really nice. I've been to uh, some shows where the bands are just like phoning it in. Right. Um, this was not that. Uh, <laughs> there, were, uh, okay. My favorite, my favorite point in the whole show. My favorite point in the whole show was um, I wrote about this in, in mm-hmm. the piece. It got into the final cut because I just like loved it with my mm-hmm. whole heart. But the the, the bassist um, Chris Artori, he he. So he's like. The way he plays is like very focused so he has like this sort of like hard frown on the Mm -hmm. entire show and he's just like you can tell he's like super into the music but at no point does he really look like joyful Mm -hmm. more just sort of like he's like really like vibing Mm -hmm. um and then uh there's this point into um right now which is um one of their more popular songs it was like the title track from their most recent album um where he like jumps into a solo Mm and the moment where he jumps in and everyone else sort of fills behind him he breaks out into this huge like (laughs) ear-to-ear grin and it's like so great because you can just see him like looking at each of the individual like members of the band you know each of them you know jamming out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like really hard uh, on their own and then you see him like look at the whole audience and he just like Mm -hmm. looks so happy (laughs) and then it's like in that moment you're like yeah like, these guys are not in it for anything but the music and, like, this feeling, like, right here.
1: Yeah. No, that, that sounds amazing. That <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think kind of, like, the flip side of this and, like, the other part of your article is really focused on an interview that you did with the bandmates. And, right. Um, and I was curious if there were any parts of the interview that really stuck with you as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I was really surprised um, with how open the band was normally normally when like i do an interview like this it's very much like you have your 15 minutes ask your maybe a couple questions they'll like wax poetic for a while and then you're out of there Mm -hmm. but um the concert ends the band sort of like chats with the crowd like fully half an hour um i bump in i introduce myself and then like uh dan who was the um mandolin player sort of like rounded up everyone's like don't even worry about it i know you like have to get out of here. So I'm going to get everyone and we're going to, like, go into this one side room. And we, we went in there and we were there for, like, an hour. <laughs> um, we were just talking about everything. And um, a lot of it um, really informed how I sort of, like, thought about the concert. Um, they talked a ton about the sort of, like, way that they go about making music and the sort of, like, openness at which they sort of approach everything. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I uh, was really powerful to me because as someone who spent so much time listening to their like discography before I went to the show, and I noticed that like none of the songs sounded remotely similar mm-hmm. to what they had originally gone. Cause it was three years since yeah. they released their last album. So they had all this time, especially during like COVID to just workshop everything and change everything. And obviously part of the, so like what I think in what they sort of like hinted at was part of the reason that they loved playing so much is because they didn't let themselves get caught into a rut. Even when they're playing the same songs, they did everything different every single Mm -hmm. time um and the other thing so the the like realist it got um in the interview was right right at the end when we just sort of like we were just like making jokes and i was like okay like on a on a like more serious note um what keeps you up at night and every single person like swiveled and looked at chris Mm. um and i didn't know at the time and he just he like looks at me and he takes this big like big deep breath and he starts talking about how tough it is to um, sort of, like, be stable and support yourself as a sort of up-and-coming musician. And it was really sweet because he spent, he spent like, fully two minutes just, ta- like, he- like, like, hedging what he was about to mm-hmm. say. He was, like, qualifying it by saying that, like, he knows that he and the band is sort of, like, in a privileged position. They get to do what they love for their job, and a lot of people can't do that, and there are a lot of people who have it tougher than them. Um, But I remember he he said um, that there are a lot of working class people who are really feeling the grip tighten Mm -hmm. and that it was especially folks in his industry um, that were like feeling it pretty acutely. And they were just talking about, so like um, Anne, who was uh, the flute player, was talking about how like her rent has gone up so much, but her her. Salary in the last ten years has been like the exact same. And then Chris made this joke about how he uh, he feels like the only constant in our economy is how much musicians are getting paid, <laughs> which everyone laughed like a little too hard at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> like it was it was like laugh instead of cry mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and it w- it just felt like there was this like weird relief at them being able to talk about this thing that like I feel like they probably haven't talked about to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, we went from there to the sort of like, but then like, why are you still doing this? Because yeah. obviously if you're, if you're talking about how tough it is, um, how like the sort of weight mm-hmm. of touring and sort of like being a band instead of, you know, going into something that's maybe less meaningful, but will like definitely pay your bills. Yeah. Um, and Dan, in probably like m- one of my favorite um, quotes uh, that made it into the piece, he was like sort of like, Talking through it, and he was like, "So, what about like, like what, like what service do musicians provide, yeah. as opposed to like some, some something that's like super clear?" He, I think he he like mentioned like a like a nurse or like a healthcare worker, and basically he was like, "Well, I feel like mu- like musicians more than anything else give communities mm-hmm. a space to gather, mm-hmm. and." that was the moment where I knew what I was going to write about for the whole piece because um, I sort of, like, frame my whole story around this, like, story uh, mm-hmm. of this little um, anecdote at the very beginning of the show yeah. where this little girl um, like, the band starts playing. So, okay a little context. So before that, before that it was, like, really, it was freezing. We, like, just moved inside. It was, like, humid. It, we were all very uncomfortable <laughs> and I didn't know if this band was going to be good live. So I was just, like, like waiting. We are all, like, mm-hmm on the edge of our seats, like, packed together like yeah. sardines. And we are just, like, waiting to see, like, what the deal was going to be. And then they started playing. And um, before anything else could happen, this little kid from the back row, she has got she had, like, overalls mm-hmm. and, like, a, this huge, like, mop of hair. <laughs> she, like, ran up and then just started dancing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then her dad, I mean, obviously, dad things, just runs up after her and then sort of, like, tries to, like, coax her yeah. back into her seat. And then there's this moment where she's like, why? Mm-hmm. She's like, what am-? I mean, clearly – they're playing music, why don't we all dance? And then she, like, <laughs> gestures at the whole crowd, and we're like, yeah, 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 you're right, we should <laughs> dance. And then we, everyone just started swaying. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, it was like that sort of, like, crowd of strangers were on the same page. Yeah. And there are a few other points, like, the other point where I, like, really felt that was when they ended the show um, with You Could Be Loved, because everyone knows that song. Mm-hmm. And you just had, like, this, you know, crazy diverse crowd that like didn't know each other just sort of like humming Bob Marley together Mm -hmm. um and it was just those moments that and and sort of like Dan's understanding of like why they were there and like why they did what they did that like framed the whole rest of the show Mm -hmm. for me
1: yeah no and and I think my last question is really central to that but um like what do you feel is happening in this space that is moving from like a crowd of strangers into this unified community like what is it a feeling is it the music like what is unifying them
0: it's really hard um i I mean okay so like at the so the the easiest way to answer that is this sort of the music itself um i think i like closed my piece with sort of like listing off all the like tiny little moments Mm -hmm. that like got the whole crowd to sort of like um understand each other in that moment and sometimes it was like a really amazing solo or the few times that all four band members would sing in harmony Mm -hmm. um which was always incredible Mm -hmm. and always was sort of like floor the whole audience but i just feel like there's something really special about something that's really unifying about a, a large group of people in a moment feeling the exact same way about music and i think that music is is especially um really unique Mm -hmm. in that um because it's universal in a way that a lot of art isn't Mm
1: -hmm. yeah (laughs) well i mean thank you so much cole it's a lovely note to end on um i i want to thank you again for joining us on post pitch this week um And make sure to read his review of the Twisted Pine concert in this week's print issue of the Georgetown Voice. And you can check out the article and more podcasts like this on our website, georgetownvoice.com. Thanks, Cole.
0: Thank you.